Suffering Cleveland, uh, episode three, Wednesday night, August 12th. It, holy cow, what a shocker. We just saw Tony. What's going on? How, how you doing? Well, I can definitely say this week, much better than last week. Um, but I thought, I don't know. I think that's debatable, but we'll, we'll get into that, I guess. Oh, for sure. Still a great week, though, and obviously... uh. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but holy shit, I did not see that coming. No, I did not. It's 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 it was a interesting last couple matches and even some good promo work. But uh, you know, we'll definitely get into it here. I uh, and actually, I did see it coming, and I actually wrote it down in my notes. I knew kind of had a good idea actually what was going to happen, but still, nice. I wasn't sure they go through with it. Um, so it is tag team appreciation night on Dynamite tonight. Yep, and what better way to get it started off with a tag team grudge match. So we have the number fourth ranked, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, versus the number three ranked, ironically enough, the Dark Order, Evil Uno versus Stu Grayson. Uh, We actually got people in the house to see it. We have a select people in sections. Yep, everybody holding up signs, everybody rooting on everybody. So it was nice to get a little bit of a crowd for this, you know, uh, this show. And uh, starting off with the match, the Young Bucks come out to kick off the show, and they immediately get assaulted by the Dark Order. Not even the people that are in the match, so the match hasn't even started yet, but we have some good fighting on the top of the ramp. I think um, it's Silver Reynolds and Angels. Yeah, it looks like the, the almost like the crew from uh, last week from the, uh, the 12 man. Yeah. So, and then the match uh, begins, and then the Dark Order gets some early offense. Nick Jackson looks pretty good. Uh, he looks like, you know, he... Um, looks like he's going to get beat and then matt jackson does a crazy dive onto some dark order members on the outside uh some good heel taunting by the dark order in this match for sure so far and then the bucks battle back with some great uh clotheslines uh pretty much to regain control of the match yeah you know dude dark order is just getting better and better every week they're looking more serious even though some of the guys are complete goofballs but especially grayson and uno um really Really get impressed with them more and more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I even had in my notes that, you know, the the Dark Order continues to look strong and Evil Uno continues to look strong. I mean, remember, you know, months ago, we thought that Evil Uno was terrible, not in shape, not even likable as a wrestler. And now with, you know, Stu Grayson by his side, he's actually proving his worth now. It's pretty interesting to see. I agree. I definitely his best performance we've seen yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then uh, pretty much uh, after the Bucks uh, pretty much battled back, they pull a nice double team risky business and uh, Uno ends up kicking out, which really surprises me, you know, being one of their signature moves and all. I I agree. Um, it just shows, like I said, it just shows a little bit more growth for Uno that he's just getting better. And uh, obviously Grayson's never been the problem, but man, if Uno can get rolling, they can be really good. And they look like a good tag team. They did good tag team stuff here. They took advantage when they had the advantage and they piled on clearing guys from the ring pose. You know, when they tried to separate um, yep. them even to begin with off at the very beginning of the match, just really good strategy by Dark Order. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, then Dark Order, you know, uh, continues to bring back. They get some near falls. Um, they end up double teaming the Bucks um, with some pretty good tag team moves. But the Bucks end up kicking out, you know, thwarting their plans once again. Uh, you get another a- attempt uh, at a- another pinfall, but then Mac Jackson ends up kicking out. Mac Jackson ends up leaving, uh, leaving pr- the match area completely, goes through the- one of the entryways. And the rest of the Dark Order, the guys previously at the very beginning of the match who did the uh, on the ramp beat down and a blocking the way so that Matt Jackson cannot get back. But then while everybody's focused on that going on, Nick Jackson then reverses a fatality that was going to be put on him by uh, Ava Luno and Stu Grayson and ends up rolling Eva Uno for the pin and ends up winning surprisingly. Yeah, it shows like the, the, the Dark Order is a lot stronger, but still the Bucks are one of the best and they can pull out. They're just that they they're good enough that they're going to be able to pull out those squeaky wins. You really got to be on your game. But I think we see that the Dark Order is good enough to take them on. It's just sealing that and you know being able to fight, take advantage of those couple seconds and not get screwed over. Um, there's also a cool spot where <clears throat> Matt goes outside and he crawls under the ring and he gets like to the other side in like half a second. I've never seen anyone get under the ring that quickly. Normally, they're fucking around with it. It takes them 30 minutes to pull a garbage can out from underneath. And that's yep. any company. Like, just, it seems very cluttered under the ring. And Matt was able to navigate himself pretty well. So I, I'm proud of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think overall, it was definitely a good match, a good tag team match to start out a tag team appreciation. And, you know, the whole match felt exciting. The you know, pacing felt great. And again, you know, uh, it, it's good to see the Dark Order having some more strong presence within matches and even giving some of the top guys on the card their fair, you know, run at the run at the gamut. So, right. Yeah. And like, yeah, this thing didn't go too long. It was the right amount of time. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Coming up next, of course, we got MJF walking down the hallway. Um, Everyone's favorite champion. He's got his staff. The one guy has a Burberry face mask, which I want really bad. And JR calls him a little Richard. (laughs) So JR is in second grade, but still it is great. Um, And then we cut away for a minute, and we get uh, kind of what they do a little bit tonight, where they cut away and we talk to like the tag teams and find out who their favorite tag team is. For Omega and Paige, this one's actually kind of a good little piece here because they say the Bucks, but Paige was going to say themselves, but Omega's a total mark for the Bucks, and they're almost just a little tiny, one more little drop of sort of tiny little dissension between the two of them, or at least them not being on the page. Even a simple little thing like this to keep the stories moving. They don't, <clears throat> sorry, they don't ignore any of the stories here at all, and uh, I really like that. Just a good little touch right there. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, shows that that weird dichotomy that might lead to something, might not lead to something, but still interesting to see nonetheless. We got MJF, so they all get in the ring there. MJF's got uh, Warlow and Nina and the rest of uh, the, the captain and the rest of the group there with him. Um, he walks up, he shakes hands with Taz and JR, not Tony. <laughs> Tony always <laughs> is getting love. And Tony was on fire tonight. They were all on fire tonight. I really thought the announcing was a lot of fun tonight, just all together. Yeah, you know, just great with those guys. You know, it it seemed more fun tonight, but also tighter. You know, it doesn't seem like there was quite as many flubs or people tripping over each other. It it seemed very fluid tonight and very natural. I I agree. Um, The polls are getting crazy now. So MJF's 500% to Moxie's 100 minus 100%, the total landslide. Uh, I 
yeah, these these polls keep shifting like the Cleveland weather, man. It's crazy. And, and, and all I have to say for all of our listeners out there, hashtag, hashtag MJF2020 and hashtag not my champion. Those are two very important hashtags to keep out there. And I must say, since you just said Cleveland weather, man, uh, Rip Dick Goddard. R.I.P. Uh, and so, you know, Moxley come or I'm sorry, uh, MJF comes out and it's like, you know, I no longer believe in Dictator John. Um, which like can because he's not here and he's not a real show. Can Moxley ever take a night off? Like they all do. MJF was gone for like six months. I feels like at one point over like his thumb or something. Like every time Moxley's not there, he's a bitch and he's a piece of shit and hates the fans. I love it. I love that he just can't get any slack. Um, and you know, basically he kind of implies that guys just come out and job the Moxley, kind of like yep. Ronald. Once again, comparing him maybe like to like Hogan or something, which is not the case at all, honestly, which makes it great. Um, he calls him a rabid dog chasing the car. But then when he catches it, he doesn't know what to do with it, which I thought was awesome. Then he gets on his back and cuts a promo laying down in the ring. Well, he has to, yes, he has to get into a perspective where John Moxley will be more attentive and willing to listen to him. And apparently John Moxley has, has, dictator john you know only pays attention to people when they're staring at the lights in submission to his authority <laughs> so he comes out so uh mute mox's music eventually starts playing so everyone kind of you know mjf orders everybody out to the arena because obviously moxley comes in through the arena they go ahead moxley off at the dormit- dormitorium not a dormitorium but a dormitorium i don't know what the hell they were talking about but that's what the announcers were saying I think there was like vom, like vomitorium, like old, like ancient Roman talk for like the entryway into a, like a coliseum. I think. Okay, I don't think there's a vomitorium in uh the, the Daily Center, though, right? <laughs> We're not saying. That. Well, I think that's just like nowadays it just refers to like you know when you know how you, like when you walk out in like an arena, and right? There's that- that leads to your seats that's known as the vomitorium i think but we're going way too deep yeah well Taz tried to uh, inform smart and jr and tony up and tony got up on his shit tony great so obviously they all disperse and of course moxley comes out right through the tunnel attacks mjf puts him down and then he goes so when they all come back he goes running into the tunnel about five feet so is there like an invisible line that like MJF's people like Wardlow can't get through once he gets through the tunnel. Well, yeah, he has like he has like collars attached to Wardlow, and if he goes out of the perimeter, Wardlow gets shocked. You know, it just seemed dumb. I think like people are criticizing Moxley's promos, like a lot of the other um, you know reviewer guys were recently, and yeah, I didn't agree with them, but here tonight I agreed. I thought this was kind of stupid. I just whatever, just beat him up. You don't need to talk. It was just he was just standing out there in like the hallway, like I don't know, just dumb. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, I, I fully agree, and it was nice to see. It was nice to see MJF get his comeuppance, but it should have ended there, and they shouldn't have done anything. You know, it just yeah, too much talking for me. Now he's got a neck injury, and Tony doesn't even have any like no sympathy. That fucking asshole, Tony Schiavone. No. Happy that he was hurt, which I thought was disgusting. Um, and then so we got a next the next episode, August 22nd on Saturday, six yeah. o'clock on TNT, which is not a return because 
it was TBS that they used to be on at six o'clock Saturday nights back in the day, but it's still the Turner stations is close enough. And uh, it's just going to be cool to see them on a Saturday night. And it's really going to be weird to see how they do as far as like ratings on a Saturday night. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how that's going. Is, is that going to be on, is that's on YouTube, right? No, uh, it's TNT. on TNT. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I, it'll be curious to see what the ratings are like and what kind of a turnout they get on a Saturday night, you know, cause you know, we've always said as wrestling fans that it'll be, you know, it's, it'd be nice to ret- have something return on a Saturday night on the weekends where, you know, we don't have to worry about work the next day it being on a Sunday or on, during the week or anything like that. So yeah, it'll be I mean, between that, obviously I've been thinking a lot about Saturday night's main event, you know, recently, just so many of the memories I have from, you know, it was like six or seven when that was on. And, man, it was really, really awesome to have Saturday Night Wrestling. So it'll be cool just to have something a little bit different this week. Um, and then, uh, so, you know, Hardy just kind of comes out and uh, he's waiting for Sammy. And uh, he loses his shit. And I'm trying to remember, there's some nonsense with Mike Posey. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Hardy Hardy essentially is is injured out for for about ten days now because of the chair shot that Sammy delivered to him. Still, yeah. So he says he's going to be there. He's going to you know he'll be there tonight waiting around for Sammy. Whatever. Now that gets doesn't get resolved. That gets dropped for some reason. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. That's really weird. What shit with Sammy? I don't know what happened with Sammy tonight or his segment. Yeah. Uh so then we get. Who's, who is doing this match? Oh, okay, I am. <laughs> All right. So we got Sky versus Cody for the TNT Championship. And uh, hey. this man, this right away feels like a big, big feel, big fight feel. You have the whole crew out for Cody. Brandy, QT, Dustin, Arn, Allie, like all of them are there. Just way overkill. And the inner circle is banned from Jericho's match. So I think there's a double standard that is complete bullshit here in AEW. But oh, well. well- it, it, it's complete double standard, and you're forgetting one member of the Nightmare family. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Brandy Rhodes action figure is now an actual official member of the Nightmare family because Brandy keeps bringing it out with her all the time. They're going to make an action figure of that action figure. For a woman who barely wrestles, I would just call it a figure. I, I don't know. This action, where do they get this from? I don't know. Right, there's not a whole lot of action going. The figure actually has, when you push a button on her back, she makes you sign up for a bullshit uh internet feminist fake feminist scam <laughs> it's it's a, it's like the dc figures from back in the 80s they have action moves and that's what what uh what brandy does i eventually just imagine she's going to come out with a pull string doll with self-esteem issues <laughs> like so me gotta... pay attention to me you haven't <clears throat> pulled my string in a while what doesn't need self-esteem is that new belt because that thing looks fucking awesome now Dude, that thing is fire looking compared to old red. Um, dude, this thing is looking nice now. And obviously the old bell is completely discarded, as we'll see later, almost immediately. And just laying around backstage for anyone to pick it up and grab it. Um, but yeah, I really feel- good. Night and day from the design, the plating and all that obviously makes a big difference. I feel like this was a missed opportunity since they already have Medusa coming in for the whole women's tag team championship cup. I would have preferred for her to take the red TNT belt and, you know, maybe trash it in honor of the new belt, but you know, whatever. I, I know really they could have, they could just had her come out and like throw it. The, I, I agree. That could have been pretty funny, <laughs> but um, 
So I, I'm really excited for Scorpio Sky. He's seven and one. He's won eight of the nine of his last matches. Uh, he's going again. And Cody is um, seventeen and one. This is his eighth title defense. So could this be the night where Cody finally goes down and we don't see a number nine, or will we be seeing number nine coming up very soon? Um, the Prince of Pro Wrestling. Cody Rhodes, and they announced that Mike Chioda is also back. It's so also- nice to see Mike Chioda back in AEW. It was so good to see him. He'll play a big role tonight. And yeah, Mike Chioda, obviously legendary WWE referee, who was one of the guys released in uh, on Black Wednesday. So it's really good for them to, to bring him back. And now he can join the other esteemed referees in looking like a complete asshole week to week. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, at least Hebner, like uh, Hebner only like, does like really, really big matches. Yeah, but uh, no, it is good to see Mike Yoda there, and obviously his uh, history in Jericho is great. Quick back and forth between uh, the two of them, chain wrestling. Quick, boom, 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 real quick and crisp. Uh, there's then they go kind of off the ropes a little bit. Uh, they miss each other, but Scorpio's rolling. He's definitely got some momentum. He's feeling it tonight. Cody goes out of the ring. Cody, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Scorpio invites Cody back into the ring. Uh, reverse hip toss. Sky goes out of the ring. Cody stops, opens up the rope, invites Scorp back into the ring. But Scorp declines. They both end up out. They go in and out of the ring a lot in this uh, match. Uh, oh, yeah. There starts. Cody's obviously had some issues with his ribs, and they start selling that. The announcers start really getting into that, um, just really selling the hell out of that rib injury, making us believe, you know, Really, it seems like a Scorp can really isolate, go after those ribs and wear Cody down, especially if he can pick up the pace later on in the match. He really can have Cody where he, where he wants him. Um, Cody reverses the leap off the ropes, takes control one more time, outside backing in. We go to picture in picture, which JR loves so much. Oh Cody uh, is in control through most of that. They do some chop, some trade some pretty decent chops. Um then Cody has, uh, during the commercial break, has uh, Scorp up for the 10-second suplex showing off, being cocky Cody. Uh, it's kind of a story, kind of a thing going on. Whenever he has the upper hand, he kind of shows off a little bit more and more. Yep, no, absolutely. And I got to say, Scorpio has looked great and super strong in this entire match, and especially up until this point. Um, and also, too, I have to give props to his new entrance music. Every time he comes out with it, it just makes his presence and entrance feel so much more grand. So I'm very high on Scorpio Sky tonight in this match. I agree. He's. Uh, it seems like he's a project that they're like, okay, let's, we got to transfer him from a tag team guy to a solo guy. And they seem to be putting the work with him, and it, it shows – and uh, I, yeah, I think we're going to see in the next year him score definitely turning into a more of a singles wrestler. Uh, Cody takes his ribs on the ropes, one more takes a bump on the ropes with his ribs, just more to the ribs. Uh, so at one point, JR comes out and is like, Scorpio Sky has the, the ability tonight to be the first African American uh, AEW champion. And yep. of course, luckily Tony's paying attention to what the fuck is going on, and he saves <laughs> and fixes and reminds that uh, Tony, Jr. that he's kind of right, but that Scorpio already was the first African American tag team champion because he or champion because he was a tag team champion with yep. Kazarian. So that was kind of funny. I like that right there. Um, it was a good 
good segment of JR time. Then they rip on Taz's title reigns, which I thought that was great. A little bit of a shots at his WWE career. His championship run in a motherfucking ECW was awesome, though. If anyone oh, yeah. wants to argue that, go watch the early 1999, the first half of 1999 in pay reviews. I We had that one match where he pulls the barbed wire out and like he's like dragging it across to Jerry's mouth, like he's gonna rip his mouth open. Holy shit! Good shit. Um, oh, hell, absolutely. <laughs> so Cody's really hurting here, and Scorp is just he's he's on it. He's fucking working the ribs. He's just working Cody down. He hits a cutter over the top rope gets the two gets the two count cody barely kicks it uh scorp starts selling his back at that point something he tweaked his back while doing that so then that become comes into play in the match you've got two injured wrestlers who which one of them is going to be outlast their you know capitalize on this uh cody goes yeah. off the top ropes for goes to go for take does a suplex off the top ropes oh go ahead tony i know you're coming oh. in Oh yeah, no, no, you're good. Yeah, no, I mean the the tug of war back and forth out throughout this entire match, I thought was great. I thought the interplay between Cody and Scorpio Sky, especially each of them selling their own respective injuries throughout this entire match, was great. Um, I, I remember Scorpio Sky gets them in a couple of rest holds that that are is good. I mean, it feels like a good old school match where it matters. There's feels like there's something on the line. Um, and honestly, I I really I I, I I'm I the whole match and all the way through, I'm pretty much pulling for Scorpio Sky, which is crazy because for a lot of these tag team if we're not tag team, but a lot of these TNT championship matches, I've been rooting for Cody so it's nice that, you know, someone else has earned my attention after all this time Right, so Cody reverses the um, the TKO with the crossroads two count, Scorpio Sky kicks out uh, then there's a pile driver another two count, Scorpio kicks it out he's starting to lose his control though Scorpio um, is getting re- you know really kind of impatient here, and then um, he goes for a cutter. Cody blocks it, hits him with a crossroads for the three count. And uh, I thought this was a good match, good pacing. A little, I could have gone a little longer, but fine. I like the impromptu. It was back to back, you know, back and forth until just Cody hit the right combination, got that pin, came off like an athletic contest. Really good stuff. Yeah, no, I thought overall it was definitely a good match. I almost kind of was hoping that Scorpio Sky would have pulled it out and won, but eh, you know, maybe it's too soon. I don't know, but I and also too, I don't know if I'm growing I'm just growing tired of, of Cody constantly defending the title, which hey, I'm glad about. We finally have a champion in the wrestling company that will actually defend the title. But I thought, you know, Scorpio Sky would have been interesting if he would have taken it this time to carry it through to, you know, especially with the new title being crowned tonight. It would be kind of a cool passing of the torch moment. I would like to see him win by left feeling that if this happens again, Cody's in trouble. Ah, yeah, exactly. Scorp gets another sniff at that, or whoever that champion is, and not even Cody. But when when Scorp gets another sniff at that gold, I think I, he's got a really good chance. Dark Order comes out. Brody calls out Cody. <laughs> he grabbed the old TNT title because he loves just stealing belts. Do not leave anything backstage if the Dark Order is back there. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think we know who, when AEW first started out, I think we finally know who stole the championship title from Jericho originally. It might had to have been Mr. Brody. We didn't even know it. <laughs> that's, we don't know where he was at, at, during that time, so that's a good, uh, good theory. 
Dude, I gotta I gotta figure out a way to get in touch with Britt Baker. I think this plays into her conspiracy. I'm just saying. I think what was Aubrey up to? Uh, I agree. We can. Oh, dude, do, do she's the she's the fuck she's oh, the missing piece of the day. She's the she's the the ringleader. Uh, yeah, dude, she pulls all the strings. <laughs> we get private party. Their favorite tag team is, and it's the Hardys, of course, obviously. Yeah, it felt like their their promo was really cut short and very. Yeah, I think it was just maybe edited weird, but it just felt very like very fast and quick. Like if you turned your head for two seconds, you'd miss it. Well, if you're watching Dark and some of the other stuff, you'll notice. Uh, and I, we were talking about this earlier. That Private Party's gotten a lot better over like the last month, especially Mark Quint. I really see a total change in his discipline, his storytelling, his selling, his psychology. He just. He's really like seeming to, he's getting it. Uh, Isaiah didn't have as far to go, and I don't think he's come as far, but he's still, I mean, Isaiah's pretty good, but he's starting to get it too. And uh, you will be seeing them more on Dynamite. They're going to be on next week, but uh, they've, Dark has really helped them out a lot, I think, over the last couple of weeks. Oh, no, I fully agree. I think they've become a much stronger team. I'm definitely more interested in them. I can't wait to see, you know, after working with Matt Hardy for a while behind the scenes, what their promo work is going to look like. Or even I'm just very curious to see how they're going to start off their run or their push or whatever they end up doing on the main roster uh, on Dynamite. But it's nice to see a glimpse glimpse of them here. And I can't wait to see more of them as things as time progresses. All right. So, um. Coming up next, Omega yep. and Page versus Jurassic Express. Yep. Yeah. So we got Kenny Omega, Hangman Page versus uh, Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy are in this match, but we have Marco Stunt on the outside. Uh, first, we got Jurassic Express. They come out first. Luchasaurus addresses the camera, you know, shows his green tongue, do, does his whole dinosaur thing, which is awesome. Always good to see. Uh, and then f- after they come out to the ring, they cut to commercial real quick. But then when we come back, we see the tag champs, Paige and Kenny, come out. And uh, it was pointed out by Taz that JR actually called uh, Luchasaurus his first match 65 million years ago. And that was awesome. smart ass. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they were trading back and forth all night and it was just great. Great chemistry on the commentate, commentating team for sure. Uh, and then all of a sudden, as we're in the middle of the match, we start the camera cuts to Frankie Kazarian. He is just in the crowd watching, but for some weird reason, they decide to draw our attention to it. So who knows? Maybe they're planning a seed or something like that for the future. We'll see. Yeah. And also uh, real quick, um, when yep. Page came out the play, the, the the tag on it said he needs to borrow money for a new lawnmower, which is a throwback to being the elite this week. Matt screwed, uh, screwed yeah. them all out of money. Yep, always screwing them out of money. Damn it. Uh, and then we have Kenny and Jungle Boy uh, pretty much begin the match. Kenny gets some early offense in, uh, but then Marco Stunt, of course, distracts the ref and uh, Kenny smacks him, which is pretty funny. Yeah, right. Oh, but Frankie, he had a killer. I'm a killer Kowalski guy shirt on, and that's kind of funny. Like, oh, I'm a killer Kowalski guy. Like, yeah, so is Triple H. What does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't get that. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you see a little kid getting involved in these matches, and uh, it pissed the announcers off. The announcers were not happy about Mark No, not at all. They, they, it was, it was not good. But hey, I enjoy seeing Marco Stun just get his little little tricks in there every now and again uh, and then after that we got jungle boy who pretty much gains the upper hand again against kenny omega tries to pin, 
pin Kenny, but then Kenny ends up kicking out. Luchasaurus comes back into the match and beats up Kenny for a bit. Uh, Luchasaurus delivering some hard strikes as Jungle Boy tags himself back into the match again. Then Jungle Boy goes for a pin on a weekend Kenny Omega and gets some more near falls on him. So really good, you know, keeping the heat on and uh, really kind of uh, taking the flow of the match and bringing it back into his side. Yeah, they're really good together. I like how Kenny and Jungle Boy Oh, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, Kenny begins to battle back against Jungle Boy. And now Hangman enters the match. And let me tell you, man, he when he jumps into that match, man, it's like a firecracker. Yeah, he's the best. Like, I, whether it be like hot tag or just coming in, like he is the best at that. I may be in wrestling right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, again, we are met with Picture in Picture. JR actually has the audacity to say that we are going to love Picture in Picture. Now, let me. <laughs> Let me tell you now, this is the second time tonight that Picture in Picture has interrupted a match and at, at a championship match at that. So I think it needs to be a finable offense. Whoever is in the back of the production truck that is deciding to do these picture in pictures during championship matches, dude, pick another match. Yeah, but you got to have your time slotted out at sir. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it is the, the figure, I mean, it is kind of becoming rough. I, I understand the difficulty there, but. It is when you have these picture in pictures during these title matches. It's, you know, it's kind of jarring. But then again, I mean, WWE, they just go to commercial and the guys stand there in the ring for five minutes. So, no, that, that's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there really is no easy way to do it. And no, hey, it's wrestling least... on commercial, you know, on commercial TV. Yep. At least they say, hey, at least, though, I mean, at least they give us something to watch with the picture in picture. And, uh, you know, at least it doesn't take away anything. At least you still get to see some of the action. And but we get it's still a little annoying. Bit of free attitude from Jim Ross, which is awesome. Yeah, which is oh, Sassy Jim Ross. Is Sassy great. Jim Ross, which also today on the internet, people were in love with Sassy Ricky uh, Ricky Starks <laughs> from his promo the other, the other day with uh, Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. He would, yeah, which guy was almost as sassy as uh, Ricky Ricky Starks. <laughs> Damn, that's that's pretty high on the sassy scale. Yeah, nice. he's very sassy. Uh, and then let's see what happened. Uh, Jungle Boy, pretty much uh, up until this this point, has pretty much just been getting his ass kicked during the picture in picture. Uh, they pretty much continue to to beat him down all all of commercial break, and he looks like he's in pretty much trouble coming out of the commercial break at this point. Shades of a certain old fart that is backstage at that point. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And then uh, back from the break, Omega and Jungle Boy are in the ring, and uh, Jungle Boy goes for the hot tag to Luchasaurus, again, after he was getting his ass kicked all of the commercial break. Uh, and Luchasaurus comes out like a dinosaur and just levels everything, like Rampage Man, just clears house. Uh, Luchasaurus battles against Paige and Omega, showing pretty much how powerful of a dinosaur he can be, which was awesome. Goes for the pin, and Paige kicks out, and then they cut to Kazarian again. What do you think is going on with this Kazarian? This is the second time they've cut to him now, this match. Oh. When it comes to AEW and Kazarian, it's hard to tell because two weeks ago he was had a gimmick where he was like brainwashed and talked like Jim Cornette. <laughs> so, and he was trying to buy water from the like reincarnation. And then, uh, so I don't really know. It's hard to really gauge exactly where they're going with him or with uh, uh, SCU in general. Maybe, uh, I mean, it would not hurt SCU to do a, a heel turn, I think, at this point, to be honest. No, I, I'm 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 with you on that. That'd be awesome. Other than they already have a lot of really good heel tag teams, and I don't know if another heel tag team's really going to get that much. You know, I don't know. It might be a tougher road for competition on that on that side. 
Yeah, and if they did, the FCU did go heel. I could see Kazarian and Scorpio. I don't know, maybe Christopher Daniels, but I've never seen him be a heel before. Oh, he can be. Oh, yeah, no, he can be a heel. He's he was a heel oh, for okay. a, a good amount of his career. That's oh, okay, right. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and then we come. Then we got Kenny. Uh, pretty much gives Luchasaurus a V trigger. Uh, Luchasaurus ends up kicking out, which is pretty cool to see. Jungle Boy uh, goes against Kenny and jumps to the outside on Omega. Uh, Kenny gets back in the ring and then takes advantage of a staggered Luchasaurus. Kenny gets near fall on Luchasaurus, but then he kicks out. So again, man, you just keep having the the momentum shift between sides all match. It's been it, it's been good up until this point for sure. I agree. I um just good solid. I mean, it's what you expect from that both teams. Just fun, solid, fast, cr- you know, crisp. You got guys that just you know. Um, the shit's going to look good, and it's going to be at a very fast, high high level. Yep, and absolutely. And then in this last leg of the match, you got Omega and Paige. They get some offense on uh, Jurassic Express. Paige and Kenny almost get a choke slam by Luchasaurus, but then he does like a double vertical suplex on them, uses Marco Stun as a human dart on Omega, which was great. And then uh, Luchasaurus pins Paige. Paige kicks out. Again, just back and forth with these pinfalls. And then Paige power bombs uh, Jungle Boy onto Luchasaurus on the outside. And then uh, Paige power bombs Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy kicks out. But then we get the combo buckshot V-trigger from Paige and Hangman on Jungle Boy. And they end up getting the pin, and they ended up retaining the titles. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the pace and the writing and the putting together of these matches over the Oh, maybe like the last month or so with uh, just AW in general. Really good. They're starting to get – first one, it seemed like sometimes it would be lopsided and then the pin would come out of nowhere or a match would be more competitive than it should or not as competitive or it would drag on too long. You just have that. They've been really crisp with that stuff, and this was just another good meaty match, but still not – you didn't really feel like it was dragging. Um, I had nope. to get up actually make some iced tea and – uh do a couple of things because I, I I've been running. I just got home from work right as what uh, well from everything. Finally got home when AW started. So uh, I, I by the time I was yeah I was like I kept my hand to peek my head in though to make sure I didn't miss anything because it was just so quick so fast paced. Oh yeah, no, it was a great match. It makes Jurassic Express look great. I mean, it was it, nobody, you know, even though Jurassic Express didn't win, I thought everybody pretty much won the match. You know, in terms of just having a great match and, and looking good, it was definitely one of my more favorite matches of the night for sure. They definitely do it right. It feels a little now like sometimes they're a little predictable because they stay logical. Whereas, like, yeah. which is a good thing because like WWE, like they are unpredictable because they're not logical. And that's like, that's totally different. That's not unpredictable. That's ridiculous. So like, but I think when you are logical like that, sometimes like, you know, Scorp's not going to win, you know, these guys aren't going to win. So it's like you almost for a while might get bored unless they do something completely ridiculous at some point in the show. And there's an insane upset that you fucking can't believe you just fucking saw. But uh, so this one, I was a little like, okay. But by the end of the show, I was like, yeah, I dig it. Okay. No, good stuff. Yep. No, absolutely. And then uh, directly after the match, we now get uh, another cut to the back and we get Santana and Ortiz that are pretty much looks like they're rifling through somebody's stuff and they end up pouring bleach all over it. And uh, I'm assuming this is the best friends, right? Yeah, it's the best friends gear. So I, I the best friends will wear that gear next week. I know it because they're lazy and dumb. So we're going to wear like bleached out gear. So, hey, whatever. This is good. This is good. Just building to a pay-per-view match. 
doing little weekly things just to remind people of the feud, build it up. These two are getting more and more grudges. Things are getting more personal between the two of these teams. I like it. Uh, Santana Ortiz is getting a little tougher, still silly. But I don't know if we can put that uh, th- that genie back in the bottle with the silliness. I think Ortiz is just always going to be silly now. I mean, as long as they're committing some type of vandalistic crime, I'm fine with it. But they have to be committing a crime. You can be right. as goofy as you have to be breaking the law or being menacing in some way, shape, or form. you got to balance it out. I want the team that, I, that killed uh, – they killed uh, Eddie Kingston on Conan's orders back in uh, TN- TNA. Nice, there you go. So then um, it is time. Ta- well, first we get a little cut to uh, Butcher and Blade, who their favorite team is. It's the Road Warriors. And then it is time for Tag Team Appreciation Night with two of the greatest tag teams. Well, actually four of the greatest tag teams of all time, if you want to be fair about it. The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert, and this isn't their first appearance together on AWS. We saw him, Ricky was getting put through a stage by Santana, Santana and Ortiz. But you're not going to be able to keep Ricky down to this. Since then, they've gone to, they were in the NWA where they won the tag titles. So uh, it's been a, last year was a hell of a year for rock and roll. And they've just, they're not, they're not going away. And then, man, my favorite tag team. Honestly, they are. The Brain Busters. I'm going to call them the Brain Busters because when I watched them in the WWE, they were the Brain Busters. Arn and Tully in there in the ring with FTR and the Bucks. Uh, they shut up. You know, um, the Bucks kind of like give their like evolution of tag team with like the Rockers and then Matt and Jeff. And then it all led to wrestling's God's gift to wrestling, the Young Bucks. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really shock me. That's just Matt. That's kind of how. Man, Nick have very high opinion. They're very uh, they they like themselves. Very high opinions of themselves. But I can't I can't wait to start hating them. Yeah, as soon as the the Bucks compared the you know the Rock and Roll Express to the Young Bucks rather than the Young Bucks, it's just yeah, bleh, yuck. Ugh. And of course, Ricky grabs the mic right off the bat, which I love. It. <laughs> of course, Ricky's gonna fucking talk. Uh, uh, FTR, obviously, you know they're gonna just give love to all the legends. Dax is Dax is phenomenal, and I've known this since he was got before. Way before the revival, when he was coming out with a wrench and Sylvester Lafort and shit, they let him talk every once in a while. And I was like, man, if they ever let this guy just be something, he could be good. And uh, yep. they did, obviously, and even in NXT. And then years have gone by and just got better. But yeah, man, Dax just comes off so natural on the mic. It's not even like he's cutting promos. He's got very, you know, the reminiscent of that Arn kind of style. Um, yep. You know, uh, let's. They, they, they compare uh, FTR. Oh, Ricky gets the the microphone, so um, he compares FTR to uh, Tully and Arn. Um, then Arn gets the mic. He puts over the box, calls them the tag team of the century. Puts over FTR, and then so it's just a love fest. Everybody's just being happy. This is like, why are they doing this? This is going to be boring if everyone gets along, right? Isn't there yep. one bad seed? Isn't there one bad apple? Isn't there one miserable prick? That of course is going to have to draw heat on everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. His name's Tully fucking Blanchard. Yeah, Tully being fucking Tully. I love it. It was so great because I thought he was going to play ball. He does not play ball even out at first second. He calls out Ricky Morton. He gives fucking Arn shit for fucking interfering in that match. Uh, at uh, was it double or nothing or something like that? I forget what match it was, but uh. When Arn got involved, I mean, um, 
It was the Spears uh, Cody match. Yep. Yeah, I think that was double or nothing. And it's just. It's just great. It's awesome. He shits at, and he's basically like, "You guys want to come on here and call yourself the greatest? You're not even the fucking champions. Who the fuck are you? You guys is like." And he's right. Everything Tully said was completely right. This was amazing. I love Tully Blanchard. Always have, and this is just. I, I didn't expect this, and God, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see everybody come out to the ring. I was not expecting the Rock and Roll Express. That was a really big surprise for me. So that was really cool. Um, And yeah, just good to see Tully just being his normal heelish self. Like not much has changed from NWA 1986 to now. And speaking of not much has changed, old man Ricky Morton (laughs) doesn't know he's old. He goes right after Tully. He doesn't give a fuck. You're not going to fucking do shit, Ricky. He's still ready to fight. I love that old guy. He's... Ricky Martin with one of the greatest lines in a shoot ever. Like, I don't do drugs anymore. But if you put a fucking, if you put a 50 rock in front of me, I'm going to smoke the motherfucker. <laughs> one of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> and that was like, he was still like in his like 50s. <laughs> he loved him. Um, Dax, I don't know what's up with Dax's trick knee. When they get a figure, there's four old men in that ring. And Dax is the one on, on the ground holding his knee. <laughs> yeah. Figure shit out. And then... So they're all outside of the ring. They get corralled. The young bucks are trying to, you know, calm things down. And the fucking FTR just takes the opportunity like vultures and just attacks the Rock and Roll Express. Because what, I mean, listen, if you're any self-respecting team that's known as a heel team usually, and you got just Ricky Morton just sitting there, it's like a big fat gazelle just laying there. And you're a lion. You're like, ah. It's Ricky fucking Morton. Of course, if you're a heel team, you've got to beat the fuck out of Ricky Morton. I don't even blame FTR. I wouldn't even judge them by it. It's just what you got to do if you're that kind of tag team. Um, it's just great stuff, man. Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. And FTR, you know, just further establishing themselves within the company. I think it's great. I Amazing. Uh, we get a little bit of a, a little teaser. Mike Kyoto gets that she... Marvez is talking to Cody. Fathead, Alex Marvez talking to Mike Kyoto, and Jericho comes out and reminds Marvez that he is indeed a fathead. And uh, he uh, calls his history with Mike Kyoto. Uh, I love that they, like, use all wrestling history. Like, it doesn't matter if it happened WCW, ECW, WWE. If it happened and it's part of this overall story between the, the, the characters, they will bring it up. And I, I love that. Um, so him and Kyoto obviously have, you know, Jericho feels like Kyoto's owes him and that he should do the right thing. And Kyoto says he's going to call it right down the middle. Yep, he cannot be played. I love that he's afraid of Orange Cassidy and is going through these lengths in a a match. So then a weirdest thing of the night, maybe I missed something. I don't know. Maybe you can fill me in. So we go to the commercial break. We go picture in picture again. And Sammy is out. And he's holding signs and he's taunting Matt Hardy Talking about the yep. hard way and stuff. And he, he's really proud of what he did. And there's no whatever heat he has, it's not KV because uh that Sammy Guevara thinks it's fucking hilarious. There's no shame, there's no uh <laughs> nothing. He he does not take it back. He's making a total joke out of it. And then they go to commercial and that's it. I, I don't see Sammy the rest of the night, I don't see Matt Hardy. Then did I miss something? No, I, I don't think you did. It was really weird. It's almost like they cut the picture in picture short because it looks like somebody gave him his cue or whatever or just let him know that they were going. And he's kind of like, well, what's up? Like, I don't know. He threw, the, 
the the cue cards down and then he was picking them back up like and yep. reading them again. It was really weird. Maybe Vince Vince McMahon busted in at the last second and uh, tore up the script for AEW tonight. They had uh, last yeah, or, or something again. Could be Jim Cornette. You know, if, if there's something that needs to be ripped up, man. He's your guy. Ripping stuff and smashing, <laughs> slapping and kicking. He should be with the Dark Order. He, him and Brody with the papers. I think that I think this could be a good thing. Uh, yeah, sure. He would love that. The <laughs> Dark Order. There's one thing Jim Cornette wants to do is be in the Dark Order. <laughs> so then we get, uh, we get, I guess, what you would call a women's match. Um, uh, it, it was over 30 seconds. <laughs> she had a 50, 15 to 1, 81 days. Takes on Heather Monroe, making her debut non-title match. Uh, I like Monroe, actually. From the little bit I saw of her, she came out, she had an attitude running her mouth. Kind of reminded me like a female Jack Evans. Didn't shut the fuck up. Did some cool stuff. Dude, just her size and length. But it was ultimately just a squash match. She hits that uh, the knee strike, and that's over. Boom, boom, boom. Just a little exhibition for our champion. Yep. Yeah. No, I was an okay match. I mean, again, really wasn't much of a match, but at least, you know, she just still continues to look strong, uh, you know, and even cut a little interview promo thing after with Tony Schiavone. So that was cool. But yeah, I mean, not much here. And I missed, I'm sorry, she hit her, but then later she ended up winning the match by submission. Yep. I didn't flip the page. She, nah, uh, yeah, her English is pretty good. I, I she, she's already making more progress than a lot of the, uh, like Asuka and stuff like that. So, yep, which is awesome. And then we go to uh, Jake the Snake in the back. Yeah, this was a really weird promo. So Jake starts cutting a promo and Archer's killing people in the background, but then like it gets really weird. Like he's like, tell him, Jake. And then like he makes Jake take off his shirt and Jake's like kind of whimpering, like he's being abused. And, like, it, the whole dynamic between the two of them kind of just changed. It feels like we should get Jake out of there. I don't know what's going on. Jake felt like Leatherface, and uh, Archer felt like his father just beating him and calling him a dog dick. It you're just, so it right. Was, no, you're actually kind of right about that. It was a very dog dick-like performance. <laughs> yeah, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's very odd. Like, does he – okay, so now he, now he draws on Jake now and makes – like Jake is now a visual aid, which is scary because Jake without a shirt on nowadays is yeah. is like seeing Ozzy naked. It's just something you don't want to ever see. It's not like we're using uh, which what are those things called in school? Is it a project? No, not projector. Like overhead. The overhead. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need. We're not using one of those. So we don't need Jake's pasty white ass or white back. But um, yeah, no, that was really creepy. I like anytime Lance Archer's killing people, but I like, you know. If Jake's being abused, we need to get him out of that situation. No, yeah, absolutely. I I feel like he needs to. We, we need to call like you know social services or something like that, or maybe the Veterans Affairs hotline. So you can do the honors here with. Uh, but I uh, I love this tagline of this match. One of the greatest taglines of ever, or greatest stipulation matches ever. The seven thousand dollar obligation match. Just. When you can put obligation, in the, what the, it's so Jericho stupid again. Just I love Jericho stupid. There is nothing in the world like Jericho stupid. It's just this funny, stupid humor. It's like reminiscent of Bobby the Brain and uh, dad jokes, but it, it, it and maybe like prime Jerry the King Weller. But like 
just ridiculous, stupid Jericho, and I fucking love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, Jericho is a walking, always sunny in Philadelphia character. So, and real quick, actually, before that, um, we get a uh, next week. So at six o'clock on Saturday, uh, we get um, well, actually, they're going to be playing all out on YouTube. So uh, yeah, on next like week, confused. next Saturday, okay. so the first part of all out last year's all out. They're going to be playing that on YouTube. And then we have also uh, a Saturday night, th- that same night at 6 o'clock, the show Dynamite will be on. And we're going to have FTR versus Private Party, um, Kenny and the Bucks versus the Dark Order, Cody Rhodes versus Brody Lee for the TNT title, the women's tag final, and we got the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express and the Nightmare Family, Dustin and QT. Sounds like a good card. All right. So what the fuck happened here, Tony? All right. So well, first off, I have to note that uh, as part of this $7,000 obligation match, the inner circle and best friends are banned from ringside during this. So, yes, we have the demo god now, as he's being called, Chris Jericho versus freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Uh, first, you know, before the match begins, we get a little bit of a video package to whet our appetite here. Kind of a you know, a recap of the rivalry between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho thus far, pretty much culminating up to the orange-soaked blazer coat, uh, pretty much, which is the, you know, inspiration for the $7,000 obligation max. The $7,000 is to hopefully pay for Jericho's new blazer to replace the one that was uh, orange-stained. So, and then in a weird timing, they cut to commercial, but I'm fine because it wasn't a picture-in-picture, so I'm all good with that. Then when we come back, uh, we we see Jericho come out wearing the orange stained blazer, which I don't know. Does it does, does it seem more orange to you this week? Yeah, he gets orange every week. He gets more and more orange every week. Yeah, I love it. I think <laughs> that's just great. It's just like a, a, a spectrum of Jericho's craziness. As it gets more orange, he gets more pissed. You're right. It is. It's like color, like um the old action figures when like you'd rub them and they get like Zartan when he got angry. You'd rub <laughs> them and his skin would change color. That's exactly what it is. Also, I want to mention. They gave a happy birthday to the legendary announcer Bob Cottle. Um, when they're both a colleague to both uh, JR and Tony at different periods of time, so it's good to see an 80th birthday to Bob Cottle. Yep, no, that was great. And then uh, as the match begins, uh, Jericho keeps making signs or allusions to Mike Kyoto, pretty much, you know, in Jericho's mind, thinking that he has the match won because you know the fix is in with Mike Kyoto. He's the least subtle wrestler ever. It is so obviously just insane. It's great. I like it. Uh, and then we got Cassidy battling back against Jericho. And I got to say, coming out of the gate, Cass- Cassidy like comes out with the fire. I don't know what they gave him if he just drank, if he got into Sammy's bang energy drinks or what. But I mean, he was on fire this first part of the match. Yeah, he came out like a house on fire. Um, needed to, needed to show that the strength that, that, that all they've been through these last couple of weeks. And the momentum off of winning the debate last week. Yeah, just have him come out strong. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Cassidy takes the beat down to the outside and keeps on beating Jericho. And, uh, I mean, Cassidy just doesn't let up. Uh, Cassidy, while Jericho's on the outside, goes up to the top rope and does pretty much what I'm going to start calling a pocket drop, kind of like a coffin drop, but, you know, yeah. essentially standing on the top rope with his hands in his pockets, jumping off 10 feet onto Jericho. I mean, I wouldn't do this. I mean, that's just, that's got to crack your head open all, all over it, you know? I agree. 
And then uh, Cassidy does a, a top rope DDT to Jericho and gets a near fall. Cassidy eats a big boot from Jericho. Uh, and the demo god pretty much starts to get the upper hand here, which is nice. You know, nice little back and forth. Um, you know, not really sure who's going to come out on top. Jericho returns the beating on Cassidy, giving him some high impact moves and some savage chops. Uh, then Jericho at this point is on well on his way to battling back. And then we get, oh, joy, my favorite, the the goddamn picture in picture again. I swear to God, this picture in picture is just trying to haunt me all night tonight, man. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But again, like we said, necess- necessary evil. But uh, and then uh, Jericho and Cassidy continue to fight. And then uh, back from the break. Uh, Jericho seems to have the upper hand, uh, but then Jericho gets a v- vertical suplex on Cassidy. So as they're coming back out of this picture in picture, Jericho's just standing there with Orange Cassidy and like this vertical suplex. And I sort of got to last about 30 seconds to a minute. Right. Yeah. That may be mocking Cody from last from his match where he did it. And I like there's a point in this match where Taz, his voice just inflects for no reason. It's like, why was I just yelling? <laughs> They yeah, were getting so excited with this man. It was so awesome, yeah. And then, uh, and then Jericho, after the vertical suplex, goes for a pin. Cassidy kicks out. Cassidy begins the battle back with some more fists, and then Jericho does a lion salt, but cannot get Cassidy. So I, I, I was surprised again. A good ebb and flow to the match up until this point. Yeah. And then uh, Cassidy does his lazy shtick. You know, he's tired, blow it up, whatever. Does his, you know. You know, really just effortless punches that are really more or less just like hand flails and not so much punches but um, Jericho uh, pretty much uh, Jericho gets tricked into a super kick Cassidy comes back with a clothesline Cassidy goes to the top rope hits a splash uh, then does a dragon screw on Jericho's knee it's like a weird move where you go down and like wrench the person's knee back so it was pretty interesting Uh, and then uh, after that, he does a couple more dragon screws. You know, at this point, it seems like his strategy at the, on this match is just to go after Jericho's knee. I, I agree. Sorry, we might have had a little bit of issue there for a second. I don't know if that cut out. I apologize. A uh, little small, tiny uh, audio issue there, Tone. No, all good. No, no problem. Uh, and then uh, Cassidy tries to do a Hurricane Rana. Jericho gets him into the walls of Jericho, but Cassidy battles out again. So, I mean, this is like the third or fourth time where I think, you know, Jericho is going to upset Cassidy and Cassidy ends up just keep bringing the pain. I, I, I agree. Um, make Cassidy look really good. I mean, I would kind of argue that I don't necessarily buy this and I kind of, but I guess I could have said this, this whole feud going in, but it's still fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun, but I mean, let's put it this way: it's it's you know we can excuse it as as fans, but like for new people coming in or trying to attract new people or a new audience or more people to your show, this really I mean I don't know if this would be your main main event. I would have rather have seen like the Scorpio Sky or even uh, the uh, the tag match in the main main uh, main event slot. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, it's so. a fun comedy angle, but. I mean, this was a good match. I like. I'm not like. I give Orange Cassidy all the credit in the world, but uh, I just you know, it is what. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Because <laughs> uh, I got more then... to say about this, but I think I should wait a second. Oh yeah, no, 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 absolutely, yep. And then at this point, we're pretty much almost done with the map match Jericho does a code breaker on Cassidy kicks out and then Jericho goes for Floyd the bat, and then Mike Kyoto steps in, and Jericho pretty much 
is just screaming at Mike Kyoto and just berating him at this point and figuring out that Mike Kyoto is not going to roll over for Jericho at all. Uh, and Jericho pretty much doesn't have an easy out. And then at the very end, uh, Cassidy pretty much battles back after getting a low blow from Jericho. And then Cassidy rolls up Jericho uh, in a mousetrap and pins Jericho for the win. For the one, two, three. And before that, actually, the inner circle even got involved for a second. Hagar. Um, yeah, wow, this is crazy. I mean, listen, I respect them for like, I kind of, well, I predicted actually in my notes I wrote because of the Kyoto thing, I kind of had a feeling that Kyoto was going to cause Jericho to lose, or, you know, we play into it and then Jericho might lose this. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that. Like, I like it. It's awesome. You kind of change things up. And this is like, like I was saying earlier, they kind of like, you kind of get bored because they do, they book it the, the way that makes sense. And they kind of went the other way here. But I mean, they did. The match made it make sense. So it worked. Obviously, Jericho's going to lose his shit and be completely out of his mind now. And we're going to have a best of three. Uh, it's going to have to be because there's no way Jericho's going to let this lie down. Mike Kyoto is, it's not going to be good for Mike Kyoto here next week. Uh, so uh, it, it's fun. And I, I, what, it's something yeah, I didn't expect. I guess it's cool. I, I didn't expect it. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's, it, I did expect it and didn't expect it. I don't know why I keep saying it. I didn't expect it because I, I knew it was coming, but I guess it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would have liked to have seen something more interesting, and I would have rather them built up to something a little bit more interesting. I mean, but you know, you get what you get, and there was still good, good, good things on the show tonight, so it wasn't a, a total oh, no. loss. But and what we were saying earlier, um, as far as we think of the show, like I think this in a lot of ways is better. This was a more complete show than last week's, like top to bottom, is more consistent. But I think yep. they have having this as the main event kind of. If there's any difference, I would like. I agree with you. I wouldn't have had this as the main event. I think last week maybe had a little. Its ups were a little higher, where this stayed more level. So I don't know. They're both really good episodes. I think this was the episode you need going into a pay per view again, where you got a couple of big matches, but you're just you're building more stuff, but you're not overbuilding certain things. You know, you, this, you take a couple of detours here at night um, and set up things for the future. So I think overall it was it was a goddamn awesome episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought it was good. I think they just need to kind of watch out on, on some of the things we talked about, you know, how they're placing their main events. And they definitely need to give the women more time. I mean, I know they have a limited show and limited hours and things like that. But still, I mean, you could at least make, you know, if, if you don't have Britt Baker doing her. her right, you know, no, Britt even tonight. Like, it was just that four-minute yeah. segment, if that. And, um should they need to, yeah, that's another thing I would say is just the lack of the women on here is getting kind of annoying. Like they really need to get this shit together. Well, yeah, and, and, and you know it's a nice it's a nice you know nice sentiment to have the tag the women's tag team cup or whatever. But like you don't even have a hugely strong women's division to begin with. You know you have your emerging stars that are starting to come out, but really they're not left with even doing much. I mean, even Sheeta, she had a match and a promo, and we introduced a brand new wrestler in about forty five seconds. So, I mean, like I said, if you would have left to have gotten a drink, you would have missed the whole thing and not even known it was on there. I mean, heck, it wasn't even announced on any of the wrestling websites for the preview so right, we must were have been... talking and it was like oh hey i wrote the sheet of me like wait what there's a sheet of match <laughs> yeah yeah so i i don't really know but i did i did enjoy the tag team appreciation stuff can't wait to see where the rest of that goes and i did think that scorpio sky match was good and uh i like the tag match but yeah i didn't i didn't think this was a very strong main event 
yeah, I mean, like, it, it was fun. Like, I'm just not that into this altogether. But I mean, what? But it's still not bad. It's a good comedy story. But I think you put, I think you put Scorpio and uh, Cody in the main event, and this, and just switch those around. It's, everything still happens the same. I think. I, I know they wanted it last because of the shock that Cassidy beats Jericho. But even still, I think they could have. That could have happened earlier in the night and still been shocking. And maybe we could have gotten a promo from Jericho. Like instead of cutting out that Sammy shit or whatever, we could have gotten a yeah. reaction promo from Jericho or something. And then ended I, the night with a good moment for you know Scorpio and Cody. Yeah, I mean, if if they would have started with the Jericho stuff, that would have been fine. I think they're getting to a point now where it's like, hey guys, you know, you're coming up on a year. You're still trying to get more, more, you know, viewership and trying to get your market shares and your different demographics and, you know, making sure that you still stay relevant and viable to TNT and everything. So it's like, you know, you can still do the comedy shit, but don't make it your main event anymore. Don't make it your main focal point. Make it a part of the show. Definitely still keep it, but just, you know, give us some more serious stuff. Give us some more people to get behind and root behind because the comedy stuff is a fun distraction. But again, people are still clamoring for, especially without crowds, are clamoring for those blood feuds which again tonight we did see the seeds planted for some of them and i hope they're going to blossom obviously in the future but they just you know just need to watch how they're positioning certain things and how they're promoting it or would you give it awesome good or shit uh i would give it yeah, give it good i mean it definitely wasn't shit there were awesome parts in it for sure i mean i definitely like the tag team appreciation match and the scorpio sky match but again i just want to see them position things a little bit better and a little bit more seriously yep i agree good solid good solid uh episode of dynamite i feel like the numbers will continue to go up this is definitely we're comparing aw you know dynamite shows They've all been pretty good. There really has not been. There's never a bad episode. Like, there are bad episodes of Raw very regularly. There hasn't been a bad episode of Dynamite. There's been non-awesome episodes of Dynamite. Like, pretty yeah, good no, episodes I, of Dynamite is, like, the worst you're going to get. It's, like, pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like we haven't gotten the horrible TNA, you know, early 2000s stuff. We have, or, or you know, or like, I'm sorry, like late, like 2000s stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's not horrible. So, I mean, everything has been good. It's just a matter of, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's get this, let, let's have it be elite, you know, let's have it be something that rivals Raw and SmackDown and other, you know, main, main wrestling companies. You know, I want to see AEW succeed. So I agree. All right, so um, that is it for this week. Um, we're going to be back with you, I guess. I don't know if it's going to be Saturday night or maybe sometime after that. We'll have to figure that out what we want to do. I'm changing it up yeah. this week. But, uh, yeah, we can we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. But um, And then after that, we will be back to Wednesdays after Dynamite. But yes, this week, next episode, we will be on uh, – Dynamite, remember, it is on a Saturday night, so we will be doing it either Saturday night or sometime shortly after. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, Tony, got any last words? Nah, everybody, you know, stay safe, uh, you know, and uh, see you next see you, well, next Saturday or whenever the heck the next episode is, damn NBA. I know. All right, tough ring, Cleveland. Have a good night. Later.